It is Tuesday, August 16th, 2016. This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about knowing and not knowing and being comfortable with both. We are all about creativity and creating here, and glad you're here too. The following was recorded on July 21st, 2016. This is episode number 16, Know This, part one. Room in the Trees is hosted by Sabrina Harrison and me, Trent Reynolds. Show notes including pictures, links, video, and more for every episode can be found at roominthetrees.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, which you can get to by going to roominthetrees.com backslash iTunes. And if you cannot wait to show monetary support, you can rush to patreon.com backslash room to subscribe and get additional content on occasion. We really, really appreciate all your support. Now today, I'm just going to be straight with you here. Uh, Irma, I'm talking to you. You issued a challenge to both of us, maybe even a little more to Sabrina, but I'm pretty much the only one who gets into it in this episode, which is why this is part one. Next week, you will get part two, where Sabrina gets into what she knows. Just wanted to set expectations here. You're about to hear some Trent talk. And now, episode 16. Why don't you say what you did today and how you got the idea? I'll just pull up the page. So, we record our podcast uh, every Thursday afternoon. And we kind of like to combine having people conversations with other people, then sometimes just bring it back and having kind of a subject or a, a quote or um, that we want to discuss. And so today I was this morning thinking about what we were going to talk about today. And I thought, well, let's just see if someone, anyone has some thoughts and ideas. Um, so I put it out on Facebook and Instagram and we got some really cool ideas. And one of the ones was from Irma Paradine. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that well, right? Irma Paradine. And she said, I challenge both you, Sabrina, and Trent to do like Oprah, the This I Know list. Your audience has gotten to know you more intimately through your journals. When you were a teen, young adult, after so much time, some of us may be wondering, have all the questions been answered? Has some of the angst stayed? What do you know now? So do you know of the Oprah thing that she's talking about? I, For a second, I couldn't remember it, but I now remember it. She, in her magazine, it's always the last page of her magazine. She has a, a, a one-page essay she writes about for that month's theme. Hmm. Somehow fits with it. So usually something personal that's she's encountered and something she's learned which of course hmm. I wish I'd looked up and read one again to because I thought well what do I actually really know for sure just about nothing so I I read that when you sent that you sent a screen grab of of these different yeah. ideas that were suggested and by the way there were a lot of great ideas in yeah. addition to to this one um but that one I responded to immediately um because I think it's important I think it's important to 
to be very definite uh-huh. in in establishing and telling people what you know, what what you believe, because I yeah. think I don't know. It's so tempting in this kind of PC climate that we've created for ourselves to always be kind of half in, half out of everything because we're afraid of offending somebody or we're afraid of saying, well, I believe this and it being exclusive somehow or, you know, that other people might be offended by what we believe. Or we might change, or sorry, or we might change our mind like the, this we know now and Right. Well, yeah, like like you would say something uh, very definitive and then, you know, maybe you would change two years later, but because you wrote it on Facebook, you know, somebody's going to cut and paste that and say, hey, you said this and you're a hypocrite, you know, yeah. because we change. Yeah, I think we have this, uh, I don't know, hesitancy to to be, to say strongly what we believe. So I, anyway, I, I It's I kind of exciting, like with the freedom of, of, growing and changing and experiencing that's what I kind of because I started you know self self questioning myself like well do I really like shut up and just just say (laughs) what you think you know just come on well I think it's interesting too and I I imagine that the person who wrote this obviously has read your books and has perhaps specific things in mind that she read that she would be curious to hear your answers to and I don't have any book of my books here, so I'm curious if she could maybe. I think we should know. say out out front that it ought to be obvious that angst remains, right? <laughs> that, yeah. that you know that certainly has not been ironed out in <laughs> in the course of the intervening years, right? And I and, angst is a weird word because I don't think I even feel like I re- I don't relate to the word angst personally because it's such an onomatopoeia to me it's like angst like eh, like it doesn't fit or kind of i'm tightly wound about something or right do you find but, uh, what I, do you i don't know i i i think uh, the way it's meant is not necessarily angst in oh i know in like a teenage like eh, i hate everything type of you know spirit i think but i think that it, it, the personality it's a personality trait like yeah uh, to a certain degree you know i think both you and i and anybody that questions deeply their themselves and their place in the world is going to come across angst i don't know maybe so the angst definition is of angst is angst definition is a feeling of dread anxiety or anguish yes well we should have read that first because that is definitely the right word don't you think i think i've had more of it recently than i when i look back i'm like you are fine (laughs) compared uh which is but i think well what do you yeah I don't think I rem- I don't relate to the feeling. I think I felt dread, <laughs> <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> if you feel, <laughs> do you feel dread on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I That's <think> those, awesome. <laughs> I think those those feelings are, you know, 
pretty accurate to my life experience. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Serena? Um, I think worry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Isolation, um, uh, I don't think, uh, financially I felt, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I should stop, <laughs> but it, well, in all seriousness, let me say this cause it just came to my mind. Um, uh, and I don't want to forget it. A mentor of mine, a good friend, Clayne Graves, used to teach at Art Center and is uh, a friend of both Laura and mine. Um, I was talking to him one time and he said something to the effect of artists by definition don't know what they're doing. Oh, that's great. And and it's true. Like they're, uh, He said, by definition, don't know what they're doing. They're trying to make something that's never existed before. And... And that really resonated to me because I was talking about my like my family and coming from, a, you know, uh, my dad's a doctor. I have two brothers that are doctors and, a, you know, it's a very different worldview and yeah. mindset. Anyway, when he said that, it, it like was an aha moment for me. And with that, you can't help it. And this is what we were talking about um, oh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, not this the last episode, but the one before. Um, where you were talking about not having role models and how that's, it's just hard to be doing something that's to create, you know, it's inherently an, an isolating experience when you're trying to do something or bring something into the world that's never existed. You yeah. know, I think, I think you can't help but run into those feelings when you're a creative person. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Well, let's let's transition into what. So, what do you know? What do you, what do you know? There's there have been some pivotal experiences in my life that inform my worldview, and I kind of that's what I wanted to do. Is I wanted to share three specific experiences slash ideas that um, are kind of at the foundation of what I know. Okay. So, um, does that sound okay? And then yes. Uh, so number one uh, comes from a book that I've referred to in the past in this very podcast, and that is The War of Art. I've got to get that book. Yeah, you've got to get that book. book. It's fantastic. It's a sh uh, really short book and fantastic read. So one of the things that he talks about, uh, this is James Pressfield, author of The Legend of Bagger Vance, which I have not, not read. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I've, I've read any of his other books besides this one and... Um, and a sequel to this book. So in The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield talks about um, how in America, or you know, for a lot of us growing up in America, we've been told over and over again that we can be whatever we want. That you know, you you can grow up to be the president of the United States, or you know, fill in the blank. You can be whatever you want. And his contention is in the book is, and what really resonated with me is that we ought to be telling our children and communicating that they can't be whatever they want. They can only be what they're meant to be. Uh, like they have a work to do. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, I think 
you know, if you wanted to quibble about it, maybe in the intention of both are similar or or the same, but I think it's two very different ways of looking at it. And and I think it's an important shift in in perspective. Uh, and this is something that I believe to my core, and that is every human being has a unique set of abilities and a unique potential. Um and they have a work that they're meant to do in this life. And um, beautifully said, the, that's so true. The closer you get to finding that uh, that work and being on that path that is uniquely yours, the more satisfied and at harmony I think you will be. So I, I believe that. Isn't it so? It's so peaceful to hear that said out loud. I think we need to have that on one of those buttons. <laughs> Just that whole segment. Because mm. it's a, it's the best gift as a parent to to really instill that. When I and and to me like when I look at my daughter live, I can't talk about my kids or I get all weepy. Okay. I can feel it already. Um but it that affects how I think about my role as a parent is I'm not looking at my daughter live and thinking, Oh, she could be anything in the world. She could be the president of the United States or whatever. That's me kind of imposing this, uh, you know, this ideal on her imposing my visions instead of me looking at her and trying to find indications or clues in her behavior and the things that she Mm. She spends her time thinking about and talking about ways, clues that I can take and then try to foster and encourage and help her find the path that she's supposed to find, you know, instead of me thinking these grandiose visions and trying to kind of encourage her to do these, you know, these, these all kind of these, these dreamy things, you know, the focus is on her and her potential and her, her core. You know, not something, something else. Anyway, I think it's a, I think it's a significant different, uh, difference in perspective. My thought is though, if you know that to be true, there's a whole lot of time in life when you're kind of resistant to that truth. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Absolutely. Re- yeah. Well, and I think it is definitely the case that we are blind <laughs> to, to things that are the most obvious because they feel so normal and everyday to us. You know, yes, yes, yes. I do believe, just like I believe the answer is in live my daughter for what her path is, I believe that the answer is right here sitting in this chair about what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's it's not out there in some help, self-help book. It's not, I mean, those things can spur and those th- spur ideas and, you know, help you find things that resonate. But the answer is right in front of me. It's right here. What's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, I, and I think that's a big deal. I think, uh, and that is a source of a lot of anxiety and, and, <laughs> and angst, all those feelings, <laughs> is that I believe that, but it is so invisible to me. It's right in front of my nose. I know it's there, but I have no <laughs> idea what, uh, what it is. It's well, a, that's that's not entirely true. That's no. an exaggeration. But I think that is that's that's where the anxiety comes from. Is like I know it's there, but I'm not sure. 
Well, it's a, almost like you're the other deeper mind, and the, it's like your soul knows, and you know your soul knows. Mm-hmm. And so that that other voice in your when again going back to getting really quiet, like we know, we know. Yeah. But in English language, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to know sometimes. Yeah. Okay, what's um, that's what's another one? Well, it's your turn. I, what do you know? I thought you were gonna do all three. No. Well, Maybe can we just. I, I wasn't ready for that. I thought we we're gonna. I was gonna hear your three. Okay. Let's, well, I'm just afraid that I'm gonna talk too much and run out of time. Okay. Well, I can. Do you, I, do I can do a private recording by myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna shoot these out of, of whatever. Uh, I'll try to be brief. So no, 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 I don't think brief is effective sometimes in the podcast. So we'll we can maybe just do like I think when you talk suddenly you talk faster and you are pushing them out. All right. Well, I'll try to talk. <laughs> just be right in front of. Okay, I'm present. I'm here. Okay. So there's a book uh, that I don't know if I've mentioned here, but I, I bring up a lot. And these are, all three of these things are things that I constantly refer to in classes to students because they so much inform uh, my sense of self. Um, there's a book called A Giacometti Portrait by the author James Lord. Giacometti, if you don't know, is a famous painter and sculptor probably more famous for his sculpture that is associated with the Surrealists. And um, just a really interesting character, kind of a recluse. And uh, James Lord is was uh, kind of was in social circles with all of these really famous artists like uh, Picasso and Giacometti and uh, many others. And he wrote several books about uh, these famous artists. Um, Anyway, this is a, it's a it's a little book about James Lord's experience sitting uh, for Giacometti uh, while Jacques, sitting for a portrait by Giacometti, hmm. and he and essentially he just goes day by day recording his experience sitting for this portrait, and it's incredible and uh, it's kind of hard to read because so much of the book is Giacometti's negative self talk. And it's him just going on and on and on about how he's horrible and he should just quit right now because it's, it's, he's never going to get it right. And he just messed up and he had it, but it, then it slipped away. And like all of this, this just like totally melodramatic like drivel. Um, I can't find the quote. I was trying to find the exact quote because I wanted to read it uh, for everyone. Um, I did want to uh, read part of it here real quick. Um, All right. Later, he said, if only I could find someone to do this in my place. And when I didn't answer, he added the way I want it. Laughing, I said, that's not much to ask. He laughed, too. If I could find someone else, he said, to do it exactly the way I want it, then I'd be able to stop forever but would you be satisfied to have it done by someone else? Assuming, of course, you found someone to do it just the way you want it. I'd be delighted. 
After working a little while in silence, he suddenly said, the head isn't going well at all. It's lopsided now. Merde. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's kind of a a sense of, of this dialogue. He's just... But at at some point in the book, in the quote that I can't find, uh, James Lord asks him, well, why don't you just stop since you're never going to be able to do what you want to achieve? It's like this helpless cause. You know, that's that's the kind of thing he was saying. Um, And Giacometti says something to the effect of, similar to what I just read, like he could never accomplish this thing that he was trying to do, but he's the only one that possibly could. Yes. So and and that struck me. The reason that resonated with me is because it's this simultaneous um, self-deprecation, you know, this this doubt, self-doubt, and you know, self-hate uh, or whatever, you know, this feeling of helplessness, simultaneous with a feeling of just supreme ego, like I'm the only one that could do this. You know, and I, I don't know, that relates to, that that resonates with me because I feel this just negative self-talk all the time. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel very strongly that I've got this thing that I'm trying to build and this vision that I have for my life and for what I like would like to spend this time doing and creating that nobody else could do. I like I've I I'm the only one that can do this. Yeah. That it's interesting because I'd written down last night before I went to sleep. I'd overheard um, the the line yesterday. Um, he's so I changed it. To, so it's speaking, you're the only one that gets to live your life. Like, so it was they were talking about someone else and like his his choice, and they said something like, he's the only one that's living his life or something. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's kind of just a deep question to think about. Like no one else is going to live our life. I think that's a, that's a good way to take what I was saying from, from being something that's just about me and maybe just a, a larger statement about everybody. And that is yeah. that, um, you know, realize that nobody else knows how to be you better than you. Right. Right. And nobody right. else can tell you what it is to be you right. and what you're supposed to be doing with your life. And you might not have no idea and you might be like full of self-doubt and self-loathing for messing your life up or whatever. And that comes with the territory, right? Like that's just yeah. the difficulty of being a person and figuring this stuff out. But realize, and I believe this is true, that nobody knows how to live your life better than you. And yeah. you've got you've got to own that. That's so good. I always remember something my mom said when I was making Spilling Open and I thought, are they gonna really make this journal? Like is it gonna be able to be have any color in it? Is it gonna be and um, I thought, when are they gonna just realize this is just it's really ridiculous to do this for this girl? And she said, if the book is supposed to be in the world, it will be, if it's now or 30 years from now. And I think we have to remember that with what we're, what's Mm -hmm. up there, there's no, there's no race there. Yeah. 
I feel like the person who asked this question to begin with this the, or prompted this uh-huh. this conversation um, that this is my insecurity. I feel like they want to hear from you, Sabrina. I feel like you know the they're asking um, this question to you specifically. Can you talk a little bit about like even though maybe you don't have your books on hand to read specific questions or, or things from your past? Have you arrived at um, some clarity at this point mm-hmm. in your life or things that you've learned over the, the past years um, where you can say that you know? Well, because I don't have my published journals here with me, but what I do have, just my journals I've kept over the years, and I, I don't tend to go back and read them. Mm-hmm. And... So just today, what I've been doing is kind of opening up and seeing what is on that page. And I don't even know, sometimes know what year it's from. Um, and I opened just before we started recording today to, um, it was just bizarre, and I'll post the picture in the show notes, because it's a two-page wide, widespread, and written kind of small is, this is what I love to do, come into a moment find the true living, and capture it. And it was just, what I see in that is just a, that's what what I know. And I love that I kind of just made note of that to myself right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, this was written in when I began the True Living Project and when I um, was living along the Central Coast. It's so, it's all the the beginnings of, of this big knowing that I felt about what brings me to life, what I am here to, um, in a deep way, experience in the world and be a part of in the world. Um, So that window of my life was when I felt the first, one of the first times of truly deeply, deeply engaged in my life and in my the path of my life on a really deep individual level. of, um, And the, uh, then when we just took a break for a few minutes, I opened to another page and I, I wish I had posted it. It said, oh yeah, here it is, and I'll take a picture of this too. And I just love it. It just says, I feel my flight. And... I kind of love that idea too in our life like what it goes back to what we started talking about at the beginning today about you saying like I feel I feel my uh, I think uh, I think both of us are right now beginning to feel our a little bit of flight under you know under our wings a little bit mm-hmm. and that's again goes back to like following a child's curiosity is when are those moments that you feel your flight and birds don't get up into flight and go, I forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> or like, no, I no, no, shouldn't fly today. No, I don't think I, I can't fly, you know? <laughs> mm. That's a really great image, like just mental image. Yeah. <sighs> Good conversation. Yep. And it's a good conversation to keep 
come circling back to and uh, one of the one thing in, in the future people are curious about something specifically in a journal page I always love talking also about the creative process of different pages like I'm like I remember finding that read a piece of paper under this tire truck <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so stories about that that might be an interesting segment like in all sincerity i I would be curious to like just have you take a page from one of your books and dissect it a little bit like tell the different stories of all the pieces that came together oh i love do i do that in my workshops i love doing that because i kind of forget about but i when i visually i'm like i remember that little tiny piece of this thing so people could take a pic yeah people could take a picture of a page and we could always that might be a, a just a good regular thing too to that you could just do small snippets and post to Patreon too. Yes, right? yes. Because I, I can do them by myself. Right. All right. Okay. Well, fantastic. Great. Feel like I talked too much. Stop yeah. it! No, I think it, it was great. Can I ask you a totally unrelated question? Yeah. What are your feelings, or do you have any strong feelings about people calling you buddy, pal, chief, or boss? Do you ever <laughs> do you ever get that? Probably not. Maybe maybe women don't. Get that. <laughs> I want to call be called boss. Can you? <laughs> um, like you go like to a store, okay. or you, you go you go to a restaurant and you order something. I don't know, like fast food, especially, or like Seven Eleven, and and you know, they give you your food and say, thanks boss. Or, Hey buddy. Is that happening to you? It happens regularly enough that it kind of drives me a little crazy. Really? For some reason, it really bothers me when people call me buddy, boss, chief, or, um, pal. There are some, there are some people like that are close friends. Like I'll say, I'll call like a friend amigo sometimes like, Hey amigo. It sounds so stupid in the context. It sounds normal in California, but like, <laughs> you sound so white saying that. Sometimes I just say, like, <laughs> to a friend, hey, amigo. Like, it's out of context, but yeah. <laughs> like, in Madison, you don't say, hey, amigo. Like, yeah. Oh, that's so. maybe. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> totally white. Very, very, very white. <laughs> yeah, anyway. like. Yeah, I think I I noticed I I noticed this actually yesterday in the grocery store. Like I have a little funny thing about if someone men call, like if they're in my way and they say, "Sorry, miss," but if someone says, "Sorry, ma'am," I'm like, "Excuse me, right. I'm not a ma'am." Right. You know, like it, I feel like it's very. Wait, so so there's ma'am. Is there anything else? Like, what about lady? Do you do you get called, or would that bother you if somebody said? Called you a lady? Well, caught like if they said, "You're a lady," or "This is my lady friend," or "Hey, lady." I think "Hey, lady." This is it's all in the context of it. It's like "Hey, lady," I don't like. But if someone's like, "She's such a lovely lady," because what I about babe, like if somebody said, "Hey, babe," that's great. <laughs> That'd I be like fine. Babe. But I don't think I don't think that's. Or chick? No, no. Well, it's all really... No, I don't like chick, but... um, 
it is it is interesting where I feel like uh, tells whether you're like I just think it. I, I like being called hey lovely that'd be mm. nice but <laughs> hey wonderful <laughs> what would be another option for you to be called sir like you don't really seem like a sir well just don't call me anything just say hey or man I'm okay with man hey man here's your food yeah you're just you're, sir is okay you know that's kind of I don't know but boss chief and pal just <laughs> please please don't call me those things chief <laughs> that's the episode for this week I hope you enjoyed it I love the conversation and so show notes that go along with the conversation are at roominthetrees.com where you can leave comments and any um, ideas and things that come to mind or thoughts after listening and you can subscribe at patreon.com forward slash room thank you to Brett Reynolds for the music we so appreciate it And next episode, I will be telling you more about what I know and what I don't know and what I want to know. And I'm working on some t-shirts for Room in the Trees. I'm going to be silk silk screening some stuff this week. And um, you can find out more on our website, roominthetrees.com. I hope you all are well. And thank you so much for listening. It's a great conversation.